Hello and welcome to Ranking Thrones, a podcast where Evan and I meet up to talk about the hands of the king who who assisted the men who sat on and woman who sat on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Um, as I kind of alluded to, we're on our second episode for our hand, Hands of the King series mm-hmm. and Queen. There's going to be a Hand of the Queen. So this week we are covering... Rogar Baratheon. And so, first off, uh, is he mentioned in Game of Thrones? No, he's not. No, he's not. Very uh, few are actually mentioned. Or, as we talked about last episode, he, he was yes. mentioned in Game of yes, Thrones. Yes, I like that. Yeah, that was cool. Fantastic scene. Yeah. Um, our sources, we... We have Fire and Blood and the World of Ice and Fire to go off of. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's a fun fact. A typo in the World of Ice and Fire had him referred to as Rogar and Robar Baratheon. Martin liked Rogar and went with that name for Fire and Blood. Cool. So that's cool behind-the-scenes little factoid. Um, kind of before we start, just a quiz and see how much Evan remembers about this kind of stuff. Because <laughs> Evan comes in fresh as the Game of Thrones fan, and I come in as the guy who's read all the books. Right. What can you tell me about Rogar? What do you remember? Honestly, I don't remember. It's been so long. Okay, perfect. Great. You get to come in fresh then. <clears throat> so, this is going to be an interesting story, because we, last we talked about Oris, who got the label of being a stag, and <clears throat> was a big, impactful figure of the Conquest. What what is Rogar going to be in in this story? Oh dear. So, the life of Rogar Baratheon. Lord Rogar Baratheon was the grandson of Oris Baratheon. He had the blood of the Storm Kings and Valyrians. Nice. Lord Rogar's first marriage was childless, as the poor woman died of an illness in their first year of marriage. The Lord of Storms End lived during the chaotic reign of Aenys I and the tyranny of Magor the Cruel. He likely fought with his grandfather during his war with Walter Weil. Lord Rogar be... And remember that, buddy, of the, the big war where Oris finally got his revenge on the on the wheels and oh. cut off the hands? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, so he probably fought in that war. So, Lord Rogar became, became a much more relevant figure during the reign of Magor the Cruel. As Magor's rule descended into barbarity and tyranny, the lords and faithful sought a reprieve from their cruel king. Mm-hmm. Remember Magor the Cruel? <laughs> he lived up to his name. We during this, the, called him the Genghis Khan of, uh, of Westeros. And Westeros, I also called him Westeros's Hitler. Yeah. During this time, the rightful heir of, a- of Aenys I, Prince Aegon the Uncrowned, was freed from being held hostage. Immediately, Aegon sought support in a campaign to reclaim his birthright. Aegon's mm-hmm. mother, the Dowager Queen Alyssa Valerian, sought su- the support of, the- of lords and was in contact with Lord Rogar. Mm-hmm. Rogar expressed verbal support for Prince Aegon, but said that he would not commit militarily without Aegon showing his own prowess. Huh. 
cautious. Megor is extremely powerful. Yeah. And he's got Balerion the Black Dread and Visenya on um, mm. on Vagar, so it's risky. It is risky. Yeah. Aegon the Uncrowned would return briefly to King's Landing with his bride Reyna and mm. obtain dragons. Soon Aegon would fight and die with against his uncle in the Battle of the of the God's Eye. Megor would Megor would take an unwilling Reyna as as a bride after the battle. Mm. See our Megor episode to get into that whole yeah. horrific monstrosity. Megor's hold over the Seven Kingdoms, however, crumbled after the death of his mother, the legendary Queen Visenya. Freed from her bondage, Queen Alyssa took her son Jaehaerys and daughter Alysanne. In vengeance, Megor executed Alyssa's son, Prince Viserys, and desecrated his body to try to goad Alyssa to return to the Red Keep to give him proper treatment and burial. Mm. It didn't work. <laughs> Alyssa would take her children to Storm's End for protection. Lord Rogar proudly welcomed them, and in defiance of Megor the Cruel, hailed Prince Jaehaerys as king. Rogar would forever be remembered as the first man first lord to hail the great Jaehaerys the conciliator as king and he did so at a time when he faced the wrath of Megor and the black dread for such uh, so that's pretty brave yes it's bold it's brave it's a Baratheon kind of moment yeah I mean that's yeah the support of Lord Rogar was a deciding factor for many lords to flock in support of Jaehaerys over Magor. Remember, Rogar is is not just, and th- th- that's one of the problems that Aegon had was he didn't really have any. I'll need to double check this, so I might be wrong on this, but he didn't really have any lords paramounts. Oh in, yeah, he just yeah, had kind of lesser lords. Early. Yeah, still too early. And Magor kind of hadn't, still had a stronger support base, mm-hmm. also to back him in Visenya and in her dragon. Hmm. When it was just Magor alone, right. a little bit more like okay, mm, no, no. <laughs> so the support of Lord Rogar. Yeah, so also during this time, Queen Reyna was able to flee from King's Landing on her dragon, though she left her without her daughter, Arya. Enraged, Magor demanded the head of Reyna's other daughter, Rayla, who was in Old Town, being trained as a septa. Mm. Um, Arya and Rayla, this is going to be important later on, so we'll, we'll, we'll come to this again, are twins. Twin daughters of Aegon the Uncrowned and Reyna. Mm. So, and Rayla, the the younger one, is being trained to be a Septa in Old Town. Well, theoretically, Arya is is the default heir to mm-hmm. Magor. Because his other heir, Viserys, he killed. <laughs> because Magor has that King Henry VIII problem of, I can't beget a male heir, I keep on trying, I keep on trying, but <laughs> it's not coming out. Side side note: Henry VIII actually had a lot of male bastards. <laughs> yeah, and well, not just one particular one. He actually was 
trying yeah. to to make into his heir. Then he unfortunately died. Mm-hmm. Weird things of history. What would have that been like? Mm-hmm. So, the support of... Okay, um, I don't want to repeat myself again. Yeah, so enraged... Yeah. Lord Hightower refused to execute Rayla, casting his support to Jaehaerys. So it's all a big stepping stone from from Rogar making his support. Hmm. And Magor, all his, his tight, tight-fisted reign is falling apart. Oh, goody. Magor the Cruel was eventually found dead, stabbed on the Iron Throne by his wife, Lady Eleanor. He was found by Lady, his wife, Lady Eleanor Costain. Hmm. No one knows, and we should and go back to our Magor episode to find out the various theories on what, what exactly happened that led to Magor dying. Did he kill himself? Did he die on the Iron Throne? Did someone kill him? Who knows? After the death of Magor, there was some debate on who should be king. A few argued for Princess Arya, the elder twin daughter of Aegon the Uncrowned. But Arya's mother, Queen Rhaena, said she was unworthy. While some still voiced support for Rhaena herself, Lord Rogar and most lords cast support mm. for Jaehaerys. Mm. Rhaena, and kind of as a preview, we are going to devote an episode to Rhaena because we're going to do a season on the consorts. Mm-hmm. But um, what what should be said is that um, is that Rhaena was the and go back to our Aenys episode and Magor episodes, but mm-hmm. Andrew Harris episode, she's in all those episodes, um, right. is that is that Reyna was the elder child of Aenys. And so it's part of this that we're going to get into the Dance of the Dragons is, is it birth order or is it gender that defines who's going to be the heir? Mm-hmm. So, but they decided to go for Jaehaerys over Reyna which Reyna was somewhat comfortable with. Well, that turned out, to, and it turned out to be a very, very perfect decision in hindsight. Yeah, in the case of Jaehaerys, yes. Yes. Jaehaerys would be crowned King of Westeros, but being in his minority, Lord Rogar was appointed Hand of the King and Protector of the Realm. Lord Rogar urged the king that they had to put the allies of Magor on trial rather than summarily execute them. Jaehaerys, however, favored a blanket pardon which the lords consented to. Fair enough. So, th- that's part of the interesting thing, and we can discuss later on, but it's it's Rogar expected, like, it was like there was going to be mass executions of all the Magor's allies, and he was saying, like, please, your majesty, please, your grace, like, put them on trial, at least. On trial. Yes. But Jaehaerys kind of went the full the full nice and just said, no, just pardons, Mm -hmm. pardons. Mm. So the following year of 49 AC would come to be known as the year of three Queens in honor of Queen Alyssa, Queen Reyna, and the soon to be Queen Alisane. Pedants of Uh, history, pedants of history point out that there was a fourth queen, Eleanor Costain, who was not considered, but her life would be mostly forgotten as she soon became a septa. (laughs) 
The year began with great scandal when the realm was astonished by the news that Queen Reina Targaryen had taken Andro Farman as her husband. This stunned the realm as Farman was a younger son of a lesser lord. The courts would whisper that Reina had married Andro so that she could be close to his sister, Elissa. Mm-hmm. Reina would marry without the consent of the king or the hand. Mm. A big no-no. Yeah. Rogar himself would commit the first of many acts that would create a deep rift between him and himself and the king. That oh, year, yeah. Rogar would marry Queen Elissa Valerion, Jaehaerys' uh, mother, and the widow of King Aenys I. No. Their wedding ceremony would be one of the most lavish ceremonies of Westerosi history that would be later dubbed the Golden Wedding. The extravagance of the wedding was greatly expensive and was met with scorn by Jaehaerys and Reyna. Jaehaerys was infuriated that he was not consulted and discomfited of a, of a stepfather, while Reyna was displeased and became further estranged from her mother. Although there would be a major quarrel that we will discuss later, Alyssa and Rogar's marriage was ultimately a happy one, with them welcoming a son and daughter. But the final marriage would be the great testing ground for the realm as to the power and loyalty of the king, in contrast to the power of the hand. Rogar and the royal court would debate marriages for Jaehaerys and Princess Alysanne. Rogar favored a marriage of the king to marry the daughter of, Ar- of the Archon of Tarosh, and Princess Alysanne was to marry Sir Oren Baratheon, the younger brother of Lord Rogar. Unfortunately, this was not at all the will of Jaehaerys and Alysanne. They had long expected to continue the Targaryen incestuous marriage as Aegon and Reyna had done. Alyssa was aware of this, and remembering the religious revolts to their marriage during the reign of Aenys I, wanted Jaehaerys and Alysanne separated and betrothed to others. See the Aenys episode for more of that, but just the minute that Reyna and Aegon the Uncrowned married, just scandal immediately erupted as everyone was like, wait, what? You're keeping this incest thing? Like, we kind of ignored it for Aegon because he was Aegon, but no, right. come on. You don't want to actually continue this. And like, yes, we do. Uh... Yeah. Alysanne, hearing of her betrothal without her consent, would go to Jaehaerys. The two would take their dragons and travel to Dragonstone with the King's Guard. On Dragonstone, a septon who recognized the Valyrian traditions of incest formally married Jaehaerys and Alysanne. Lord Rogar, infuriated by this, sent an army to Dragonstone. Lord Rogar arrived with a horrified Queen Alyssa, who was terrified of the discord the marriage could bring. Lord Rogar ordered his men to take the defiant king. The king's guard swore that they would defend their king. Lord Rogar rightfully knew that his men would eventually get through the king's guard, but would be ugly killing the king's guard and taking the king by force. Queen Alyssa was relieved to hear that the marriage was unconsummated and and she urged her husband to relent. Lord Rogar paused and agreed to not act for now. He ordered the marriage would be secret only on Dragonstone and threatened to have the tongue of any man that disclosed the marriage. Damn. It's one of those key moments, Evan, of just that the might of the hand and the might of the king mm. and Rogar blinked. 
Jaehaerys would stay in Dragonstone with his bride and his Kingsguard. Jaehaerys would be trained as a warrior and study vociferously. Lord Rogar was still a year away from Jaehaerys coming of age and being free to rule the realm. Rogar, Lord Rogar feared the chaos that would erupt from the marriage. He and Alyssa hoped they could dissuade Alysanne and Jaehaerys and have the marriage annulled. Alyssa would send several septas to Alysanne. Unfortunately, the septas came to love Queen Alysanne and came to her defense. Lord Rogar's plan of attack allegedly comes from the most ribald and scandalous source of all. The story comes from a scandalous pornographic memoir known as A Caution to Young Girls, which Ah. tells the which tells the story of Lady Corianne Wilde. Lady Corianne was born a highborn lady, but would live a life of debauchery as she degraded herself more and more before eventually repenting near death and telling her story to a scribe. There is no, there is no consistent version of a caution to young girls as it was always secretly written and numerous authors would embellish in their versions. There's no, (laughs) there's no mass printing. It's just, Everything is copied by hand by a scribe. Right. The book would later be one of the many targeted by Baylor the Blessed for burning years later. Most of the story is dismissed, but there is an inherent grain of truth in the midst of of it all, as other records show that in 49 AC, Lady Corianne Wilde was indeed sent to Dragonstone. So... She was there. Uh. According to most versions of A Caution to Young Girls, Lord Rogar wanted to bring the legendary temptress to the young king in the hopes of swaying his attention away from Alysanne and to enrage Alysanne. Some sources also say Lord Ro- that Rogar slept with Lady Corianne before sending her off. Mm. The ribald sources disagree on what transpired next, but in all sources, Lady Corianne did not succeed in swaying King Jaehaerys away from Alysanne. Hmm. Some sources say that Jaehaerys resisted Lady Corianne. Others that Corianne came to sympathize and support King Jaehaerys and taught him the ways of love. <laughs> the most prurient say that Jaehaerys and Alysanne became Corianne's lovers separately and together. Regardless, the goal failed. On a fun side note, during the reign of the licentious Aegon the Unworthy, when the story of Lady Corianne was mentioned, Aegon chimed that it would have been more logical if Lord Rogar had charged all the women at Dragonstone to seduce Jaehaerys. Oh my god. I mean, he's got a point, though. For all that, how awful that is, but at the same time, it's like, well, how do you know he's going to like her? Yeah. But still. Yes. It's an interesting way of trying to get around this issue. Mm-hmm. As the months were closing and it was clear that Jaehaerys and Alysanne were determined to be married, Alyssa urged Lord Rogar to accept. Lord Rogar adamantly refused and said that they should never accept a king who would do something so rash and that Jaehaerys' decision proved him unworthy. The lords were stunned and asked if he meant to seek the crown. Lord Rogar was astonished by this and swore that he was no traitor and would never seek the crown. Instead, he pressed that they set aside Jaehaerys and proclaim Princess Arya as queen. 
Queen Alyssa was infuriated by this and reminded her husband that she was regent of the realm and the true ruler of Westeros at this this time, and that her will could not be defied. She demanded that he resign as Hand of the King. The lords agreed with the Queen Regent, and Lord Rogar resigned as Hand of the King. Wow. Rogar would return to to Dragon's to Storm's End without his wife, beginning a period of estrangement. Lord Rogar moved quickly to try and capture Princess Arya, but Lord Corbray captured the princess to prevent this. Lord Rogar's next move was to exploit a long-held rumor. It was always whispered that when Queen Reyna had her twin daughters, that, that Queen Reyna had her twin daughters switched places and names as there was a sudden change of character of Arya and Rayla, as Arya became feisty after years of being known as complacent, while the defiant, defiant Rayla became more agreeable. Interesting. As said before, Rayla had been sent to, to be a septa. Rogar's youngest brother, Sir Orin, was sent to High, Hightower to take Princess Rayla, but, and presumably they were Oh, no, I, I can say it. But Sir Orin's forces were overwhelmed and cap captured by armed septons. Sir Orin confessed that they planned to take Rayla and have her confess that she was truly Princess Arya and proclaim her queen. Huh. Knowing he was defeated, Rogar wrote a confession and a will and awaited his fate. Jaehaerys came of age at 50 AC and summoned Lord Rogar. Lord Rogar expected death or the wall and begged only for mercy on his house. The young king, however, bid the Stormlord to the basement chambers of the Red Keep. The king stated that he did not forget that Lord Rogar had been the first man to hail him as king and was critical, mm. and was critical for gaining his crown. Jaehaerys stated that he forgave Lord Rogar for his misguided actions and said that he not only could remain Lord of Storm's End, but would be permitted to remain commander of his armed forces and charged him to be an honorable husband to his mother. Ah. When Lord Rogar asked if the king wanted to, him to send, send hostages, Jaehaerys brought Rogar before the king's dragon, Vermithor, and stated he forgave Jaehaerys forgave Rogar and Jaehaerys knew he, that Rogar would never be misguided again. Rogar understood the threat and swore fealty and loyalty to, to Jaehaerys. Good. Rogar and Alyssa would be reconciled and soon welcomed the birth of a son and heir, Boros Baratheon. Mm -hmm. For all of Rogar's paranoia, the realm accepted Jaehaerys and Alysanne's marriage, thanks in part to the Septon's preaching of the doctrine of exceptionalism to the masses. Huh. See the Jaehaerys episode for that. Rogar would face heartbreak when Alyssa became pregnant again, as she would soon be on death's door. The king on a progress came to his mother. The maesters said that they could save the child at the cost of Alyssa's life. Rogar painfully begged them to save his child. It would be a girl, Jocelyn Baratheon. Mm. 
Queen Reyna, hearing the news, angrily accused Rogar of murdering her mother and threatened to turn Storm's End to another Harrenhal if he ever remarried. Lord Rogar laughed off the threats, but never did remarry. <laughs> Lord Rogar returned to the court in 61 AC. Lord Rogar was fatally ill. He begged the king to take his daughter and nieces as wards of the crown. The king consented. Lord Rogar also revealed that his brother, Sir Boris, had allied with the Vulture King in a war against Westeros. Um. Lord Rogar wanted to die with his battle axe in hand and begged to go to war with the Vulture King with the king. Mm. Jaehaerys consented, and the two would fight valiantly, repelling the Vulture King, with Lord Rogar personally slaying the Vulture King. Jaehaerys singled out Sir Boris as his enemy, claiming he wanted to spare Lord Rogar from being a kinslayer. Sir Boris tauntingly replied that he would be a kingslayer. Sir Boris, though, was slain by Jaehaerys the Conciliator. Lord Rogar, unlike his grandfather, did not die on the journey home from war and would die in Storm's End. Hmm. Lord Rogar's daughter, Jocelyn, would be married to Prince Aemon, Prince of Dragonstone and heir of the Iron Throne. But unfortunately for Lord Rogar, his granddaughter would never be hailed as queen. Hmm. And that's the story of Rogar Baratheon. He's an interesting story, and let's get into uh, the ranking part. So, first category, the hand. Rogar would be hand to the king for three years, so he automatically gets three points. Pretty short. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there, there's that one in a Darren the seconds reign, there was this one person who was a hand for only one day because he died in battle. Yeah, at least he went out with a bang. Yeah. His support for Prince Jaehaerys was instrumental for his rise and the downfall of Magor the Cruel. He urged clemency to the allies of Magor the Cruel when bloodshed and purges would have likely happened. Consider the hour of the wolf as an example. Nice. But while so like that's what you you would expect mm-hmm. after after a tyrant has fallen that like there it's hour of the wolf that there's going to be executions yes and clearing of the court but but while Rogar urged trials rather than summary executions Jaehaerys flavored a blanket pardon hmm. Rogar was hand during the aftermath of Magor the Cruel and helped reconcile the religious lords to the Targaryens. Though religious fanatics still flocked to the cult leader Septon Moon before the Septon was murdered by a woman in his tent. Mm. Although his actions were ultimately misguided, he was incredibly conscious and fearful of another civil war erupting from Jaehaerys and Alysanne's marriage. So what do we think? Uh, it's funny, he, has, he, he doesn't, I think it, he was one of those guys where prepare for the worst and, and it ends up actually being relatively smooth. That being said, I don't think that's because he was particularly 
farsighted enough to do that. He's not an idiot, but he's not exactly... I mean, he's no Tywin Lannister, that's for sure. No, yes, no, he's not. Um, he... I mean, we'll, we'll have to get into it when we get to Demon Monkey, but for now, it's just that he... I understand all his... His paranoia all seems justified with the yes. the context of, of of what had happened before, and it's right, just so like, astonishing that it didn't happen. Right. It's it's prepared for the worst, and it turns out it's like, oh, okay. But I think that actually is a point in his favor because again, he was he, again prepared for the worst. Yeah. Uh, I can't give him too many points because he made obviously mistakes that we'll have to talk about later. Right. And he made obvious mistakes too. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be nicer though because he seems to me as like ultimately it's both the good and bad kind of way out. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give him about a five. Hmm. Because it's he helped depose depose Magor the Cruel and helped yeah. elevate Jaehaerys the Conciliator. But he did end up alienating and trying to oust his king. Right. So, for the best of reasons, I will say, but yes. still... But still, he tried to oust his king hmm. on what turned out to be unfounded paranoia. So... That's why I can only go, I can only go about five, and like that. There's competence there, but there's like also humongous mistakes. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a slightly higher, only because I give him points for for rightfully deserved paranoia uh, with a six. It's okay, still... so all right, it's a bit of a different disagreement, but we're kind of on the same same. Mm-hmm. All right, next both... category is. Is uh, mailed fist, the mailed fist. Uh, so yeah. for this, I only have one note because we only got <laughs> one thing. Is Rogar and Jaharis crushed a vulture king and Rogar's treacherous brother? But that's a good note. So yes. So gotta give him points where points are due. But it only happened once. Yeah. Um, I'll, I mean, again, it's like, it's part of the problem is he, he's got Jaharis helping him with his his dragon as a scout, like his dragon, admittedly not for dragon fire, but like as a scout. But the fact that he, he actually slew the king, or am I, did I hear that right? Yeah, he did. He slew the vulture king himself. That's that's pretty awesome. I know. That's pretty well, awesome. And, and here's the other. Here's the other thing that a lot of people he, to to put very clear about how medieval battles work. Once you've got that group clashing against each other, to actually fight your way to the king, who is usually surrounded by heavy bodyguards. Yep. And sometimes isn't even on the battlefield, and to be able to kill him in single combat, that's impressive. And that that tactic ends up being. Robert Baratheon's favorite tactic. Yeah. Um, kill, the you know, com- you're, you're, kill the commander. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. 
That's he's, true, he's true fantasy moment. Uh, and well, and remember, again, he's, he's certainly very he's certainly very brave. Actually, he a tactical genius. No. Can we also mention that he he did this while he was fatally ill? So we don't know how weakened he was. That too. That too. So. So this is when he's this is when he's an older man and he's fatally ill. You know what? That actually makes me sway and make, makes me give him more points than I think I would have yeah. ordinarily. I'm gonna have to give him. In terms of single combat and stuff like that, I'm gonna give him a seven and a half. You know, I'll go that far too. I think, yeah, I, I can't give him too high because, like, this is no. only really one battle, right? Really, but it's a, I mean, but it's a battle. battle, but yeah, and it's like it's a pretty impressive moment for him. Uh, I mean, and he isn't technically hand of the king when this is happening, but I mean, mm-hmm. we also gave a lot of points to Oris when he wasn't hand of the king when he was just helping with the conquest. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Um, So next category, the ugly fun category. Oh, God. Demon monkey. So let's get into it. Yeah. His refusal to support Aegon the Uncrowned militarily left Aegon with only lesser lords and a small host to face against Magor the Cruel and Balerion. Yeah. Although to be fair to him, I'll say in his his defense is like he was up against like that that was like the uncomfortable reality is that May he he had to face Magor and Balerion and Visenya and Vagar. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe if he had supported him, other lords might have other lords might have flocked to Aegon the Uncrowned. That does make sense. It's like you need that big name lord or else your kind of cause is dead in the water. Right. He married Queen Alyssa Valerion without the consent of his king. That was a mistake. Even if it was ultimately a happy union in the end. Yeah. Still a, still a colossal mistake and a colossal risk. Yeah. He held an incredibly lavish wedding that was costly to the treasury. Selfish purposes? Sounds like corruption. During Rogar's tenure as Hand, debts grew and a Vulture King raided the Dornish marches. In his defense, the Vulture Kings and and raids on Dornish market marches frequently came regardless. Right. So... I mean, that's just like, you know, it's just like it's it's Dorn. What are you going to do? Right. Dorn is always a problem. First, he was the first Hand of the King forced, forced to resign right. his, his position. Interesting. Oris resigned. Rogar was forced to resign. Yes. That he, should tell you something. He briefly considered taking the king by force and slaying the Kingsguard knights. And he probably could have done it, too. Yep. He allegedly sent a promiscuous woman to seduce Jaehaerys. Wow. He led in a... It was to to get... But it was so that Jaehaerys would stop his... Marriage, 
marriage to Alisane. Mm-hmm. That's what he, in his defense. <laughs> he briefly can, yeah. He led an attempted coup d'etat to remove Jaehaerys in favor of Princess Arya. However, the coups failed and were bloodless. Well, call that bad decision and call that dumb luck. Yeah. Most lords would have lost their heads or at least seen been sent to the wall for Je- for for Rogar's actions. Mm-hmm. He got off insanely lightly. Yes, two coups, and you and you keep your head. Not bad. So there's a lot. The, the weird part about it is that for all his spectacular failures, they didn't seem to actually have a lot of impact or at least they didn't or at least the consequences seemed unusually minor yeah that's the saving grace right which is which is actually kind of ironic which is actually somewhat telling and ironic of kind of how little either how poorly planned or just how spectacularly these failed it, it, I'm a bit a more very... critical though, because like the only thing that saves them from getting high high marks is because they failed. Right, but and that's what, I'm, some that's what pretty, I'm saying is the fact. These are some pretty bad marks. Right, buddy. and I, I gotta take them to task because it's just like I understand why you do all this, man, but it's just like ooh, but doesn't look good for you, man. Does not. Right, look it doesn't good look you. good. It doesn't look good, and they're not. They weren't very effective, so... It's both like, yeah, they weren't the best decisions, and they didn't even work. Right. Although it's also, thank goodness, they didn't work, but, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, thank goodness he's, he got that Vulture King War to mm. kind of cleanse his name. Right, he's got the one thing. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... I'm going to go with a, with a, uh, with a seven. Maybe even seven and a half. Wow, I, w- I was originally there, but I, I kind of felt a little bit more generous. I'm gonna go. Oh I'm going to go six, just because. Because even if if you take it to its logical extreme, of like, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to, he didn't want to, seemingly execute anyone he was just going to kind of his his planned coup was pretty much like a a small kind of like political maneuvering right and like again like he was it's kind of like motivation is making me a bit more sympathetic where just like it's like Uh, yeah just he had seen religious civil wars break out right from incestuous marriage so he was so i get most of his actions hmm. as motivation. Yeah, so that's why I maintain, so cool. but, but that being said, it's still pretty bad stuff. So that's why I, I can, it has to be more than five. So it's, that's why I'm saying like six, I'm pretty comfortable with actually I'll go higher. I'll go six and a half. 
All right, so we're still a little bit of a dis- bit of disagreement. Not a huge amount, but some disagreement. And you're you're going with seven and a half? I'm still going with seven and a half. All right, so that's fourteen total. Ouch. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, portrait. We don't got a lot to go off of. In fact, like most of the portraits are 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 all about him looking at Vermithor with Jaharis threatening him. Oh. Like that, so... that, but 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 I got one piece of fan art, one piece of fan art that has him in the center of it. Interesting. That we can use for portrait. Let's see what we get. It's a nice uh, watercolor portrait. I'm sending it now over to you. It's going to be the our work for this episode. Okay. Um. I mean, he looks he looks like a royal, or at least he looks he looks like a lord. Uh, oh, and I'm also just for the record, like this is what all we have to go off of, even though he's a big character for uh, from Fire and Blood for the illustrations, at least. Uh, it's uh, just not enough. Yeah. The so it's enough. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I actually have the artist's name. This is by the artist Rafa for the first hmm. one. So good work, Rafa. So yeah, from uh, this image, um, he looks quintessentially a Baratheon and looks like a lord. Yes. He looks like right. a he looks like a Baratheon lord to me, mm-hmm. and um, doesn't look like he has any like real evil in him. To the left no. is, is uh, I forget who the person on the right is off the top of my head. Almost looks like Baylor the Blessed. I know it's not, but it almost looks like him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd give him a, I'd give him a three and a half. I mean, he looks very very proper, very lordly, perhaps not the most charismatic figure. I'll get be a bit nicer for what he is and what, like what a hand is supposed to be. I'd give him about a four. Like he's, okay. he's kind of handsome enough and he's got that lordly look to him. All right, you sold me on the on the four. I'll give him a four. <laughs> All right, yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't look too bad. So, no. actually, in terms of score, unfortunately... <laughs> Unfortunately, Demon Monkeys helped him get get a little bit better, but ah. he got a total score of 51. He's only five behind his grandpa. Interesting. So, who got 56. So, okay. So, he didn't score as bad as I thought he would. No. Um, <clears throat> but, but, with all that in mind, though, the final verdict, what do we think? Stag or Bambi? Is is Rogar this really important, pivotal figure that would never be forgotten, or is he kind of a footnote? You know, it's... It's strange, because on paper, he should be a stag, because he slayed the Vulture King. But... That's the only I thing mean, he's got going for him for that. Right, he was only he was only hand for three years. You know, go. I'm with you. Okay, here's the thing. There's a lot of stag things that happen to him. Right. In that, like, he is helping to more define that when if ever there's a conflict between the hand and the king, mm-hmm. the king always wins. 
and testing more of the ba the boundaries of where the Targaryens are going to be of like, no, we are going to continue this incestuous thing, the right. incestuous marriage practice. And yes, like the, the authority of the king is is, is paramount over the mm -hmm. over the, the power of the hand. Right. That's all very important. It's also very Im influential on Jaehaerys, whom we all agreed was the, the greatest king of Westeros. Mm. Yes. But that's kind of, even in that, it's still kind of a footnote to it's to Jaehaerys. Him, but... It's to Jaehaerys. Right, and it's not, it's not like Rogar really... All these events weren't super because of Rogar. No. I mean, the most you can say maybe is helping to let... Magor fall apart, which is great which points, obviously. Be, but right. but that's also from Visenya dying and his own mismanagement and being right. Magor. So I, I I can't I I can't give him a stag because he just isn't there. Just isn't enough for me to really remember him, and and because of the great figures of his time. Yeah. Oh, he's and he's. Kind of a, he, he, I mean, he is a great, great figure, but he's unfortunately way overshadowed by right. some of these bigger figures. I mean, that that was right. the thing, and that, that was my question. But we ultimately did vote for for Stag for Oris, even though he, Oris, he himself was overshadowed. Oris, but like, but Oris was an equally great figure in his own right. Yes, Rogar just isn't quite at that level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of, so it's kind of a bizarre. It's kind of an interesting case of the. I mean, if you look at the the, the era of Caesar, you've got the, all the major players, and there were others. I, I think one of the one of the characters, and I'll bring him up before, is uh, was Caesar's right hand man during uh, during the Gallic War, which was Labinus. Mm. But no one really, no one, unless you know Roman history, he's kind of forgotten, which is a shame. <laughs> Which is a shame because he's actually a very pivotal figure. Yeah, that's well, kind of what but that's what we talk about when we ask the question of 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 the final verdict. Right. Of Honestly, determining I kind of have, have to say he's a Bambi. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, we. Yeah. So Bambi. All right. We're just bigger, better figures around him. Yeah, and. And so we're coming back to one of our, our favorite time periods. Oh yes. In and we're gonna have quite a few episodes, even the on on the next two hands we're gonna cover. Next mm. week we are covering Corliss Valerion, the first and only hand of the queen. Welcome to the dance of the dragons. We're coming back to the dance of the dragons. So see you then.